World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hi, welcome to this episode of Creepypodsta. It's uh, Thursday, if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, which, of course, you are. All uh, eight, eight to twelve hundred of my fans, I'm sure, are incredibly rabid. Uh, the fact that the number fluctuates that much tells me that perhaps they are not. Anyway, uh, you may have noticed from the title of this episode that we're covering a movie this time, and that's exciting because we usually save those for like October times? Uh, I'm not sure if that... Mm. It's hard, because here's the two months when horror movies get released. February and October. Uh, this movie, I think, came out back in October, but now we're covering it in February when other horror movies like uh, Split and uh, Cure for Wellness are coming out. Uh, so this is a little behind the times. Uh, February, because it's right between the holiday season movie launch and the spring-summer movie launch, and uh, October, of course, because that's when Halloween is, so you gotta get all the spooky movies out there. I uh, yeah, it's also because Valentine's Day is incredibly frightening. No, it's uh, it's it's just because horror movies are usually like a studio's dump movie that's cheap, and they know it'll make a ton of money, so they drop it in the emptiest part of their schedule. Because um, even if it doesn't make like buco bucks at the box office, it's like it, it costs ten million dollars to make. So if it has a twenty million dollar opening weekend, they've covered the movie, uh, and it will be very equal, yeah, very easy for them to churn out sequels. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, that's the movie industry talk for the beginning of this show, which is called Creepypasta, which I'm hosting, and I have two guests with me, and I'm going to introduce them now. That voice you've already heard. Uh-huh. Uh, please welcome, first time to the show, Catherine Marino, a.k.a. Xyloart. Hello! Hi. <laughs> welcome, if you're one of her fans listening to this show. Uh, it's we get we get real weird here. I uh, talk like this the whole time, uh, picking the dead skin uh, off of my fingers and uh, nervously twitching. Oh, I did um, that in my arms. <laughs> I you'd think I would be the fact that I have five episodes of three podcasts posting on my website every week. Uh, I would be more confident and less fumbly about it, but I sort of do it on purpose with this one. I don't know. It's because I'm in charge of it, and I don't like to plan ahead too much with it, that I sort of ramble a bit, and I I feel... Endearing. Thank you. I mean, that's what I'm shooting for. I like for the uh, the nervous energy to sort of add something to the discussion. Anyway, we also have another guest on the show. Please welcome for the first time to the program, Joel Torres. Hello. Oh, he's. I am he's also got a, interesting. He's got a devil robot voice. <laughs> That'll add nicely to my uh, nervous, halting uh, cadence and uh, Catherine's bubbly, fun, excited personality. It'll be like we each cover a different uh, spectrum of the human experience. 
I really like this uh, because I'm terrified. <laughs> uh, the movie that we are covering for this week's episode is called... Mm, I wanted to say the director's name beforehand, but I didn't have it open in time. The movie is called Don't Breathe. It is from the same director as 2013's Evil Dead, and his name is Fede Alvarez. Um... This movie stars the lady who played uh, the main character in the Evil Dead remake. Uh, I think the guy from the like old guy from Avatar is that who that is? Yeah, I didn't see Avatar. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, and then there's some like teenage douchebags that are all up in it too. Uh, I knew I knew his face, and he was in. Um uh, Prisoners, the scary movie with Wolverine looking for his uh, kid. Yeah. Oh, and Dylan Minnette, he was in Goosebumps. It, that's, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was in Prisoners and Goosebumps. <laughs> uh, which I, I guess are probably off. Stephen Lang. Okay, never mind. Oh, nope, not Stephen Lang. Uh, he's, he's an old, old man who was... In Avatar, oh, he was in Conan was the Barbarian in, remake. He was in the first uh, Hannibal movie, the the very first one, Manhunter. Oh, who did he play? He played Freddie Lowndes. Oh, nice. I enjoy that character because he's incredibly awful. And then, uh, spoilers, gets murdered in a horrible way. Oh, yeah. Um, and I felt like the television show Hannibal dealt with that entire plotline uh, in interesting ways also. Because Freddie Lowndes was a sympathetic young woman on that show instead of a horrible, creepy, middle-aged dude. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, we'll get into summarizing Don't Breathe, but, but first, uh, I will edit in an advertisement for another podcast, hopefully. I better remember to do it. Hi, I'm Kevin. And I'm Adam. Hey, Adam, remember when you and I used to just sit on the couch, watch the Transformers cartoon, and play the Transformers drinking game? Yeah, those were the good old days. What do you mean? That's exactly what we do on our weekly podcast, Transformers Cybertronological. We also have a lot of fun with it, with our um, worst lines, best lines, and crazy insane moments. We've also been known to kind of create some of our own characters from stuff on the show. You know, like Incredible Ironhide. Or how I think Optimus Prime's trailer is sad, which is why we call him Sad Trailer. Hey guys, don't forget about me! Or, or, what's what's that really, really good character? I think you're talking about the Autobot plane, Paraglide. So, Adam, is this just a podcast where you and I make silly voices the whole time? Of course it, I mean, no, it's not, no. So head on over to Cybertronological.com and subscribe today. That's Cybertronological.com, and you can listen to us review an episode of the Transformers in chronological order week by week. Welcome back from the advertisement that hopefully I put in there. Uh, let me look at the timestamp. Uh, five minutes. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll, oh boy, I better remember. Uh, Joel, you have an, uh, a podcast, right? Do you have an ad for it? You can send that to me if you want. I, I may be able to slap something together real quick. Work cool. on it. I've been sort of cycling through like the same five ads uh, from uh, we're in the, the Flophouse Podcasters group uh, yeah. and they had like an ad thread and a bunch of people were like, yeah, I'm all about this, but then not many people actually uh, put their ads up. Uh, Catherine, do you have a podcast? I did. When I lived in New Jersey, my friend and I would uh, 
see a thousand million movies and then never shut up about them. <laughs> and, like three people listening, but it was great because we got to uh, blah 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 at his kitchen table. But then I moved because I'm a traitor. So now mm. we have one. Never move away from New Jersey. Well, it's I was my choice. plan was to kidnap him and bring him down here, Florida, land of horror. But it's so far as not worse because I am very weak. Oh, no, did you move to Florida on purpose? Yeah, yeah, I know that. I don't need to hear it again. Someday I'll leave here again, but for now. Okay, fine. here we go. We've got Don't Breathe. Uh, Joel, why don't you start us out uh, summarizing Don't Breathe, um, and if you start to forget what happened, one of us will jump in. All right, so... Once upon a time, there was actually, you know what, the way, the way this movie opens is pretty disturbing. We, we see somebody dragging a woman down the middle of an empty street in what looks like a very deserted area, and you don't really know what's going on. It's, it's just in media res, creepy dude dragging some poor girl, and then boom, we go back to reality where we meet our three heroes... <laughs> yeah, they, uh, this movie kind of plays uh, very much with our expectation of who to root for and why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we've got our three heroes, uh, Rocky, who is played by Jane Levy, uh, who, as I said, was the main character in Evil Dead, a movie <laughs> that I love much more than any of the original Evil Dead films. Don't at me. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, what was that? I agree with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's perfectly reasonable to have that opinion, yeah. even though it's incredibly incorrect, both of you. I'm, I'm so sorry, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I liked it because it was like serious and gross, um, whereas the old ones are like funny and gross. I don't know. Army of Darkness is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, go ahead. Uh, 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 it's been, it's we- been like two weeks since I watched this, Catherine. Where, where do we start off immediately? Is, are we immediately seeing them in somebody's house being jerks? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 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 they're in like a rich person's home and they disable the alarm right away, I think. Yeah, so Rocky's okay. And, uh, the, who's, what's the name of the, uh, the nice guy? In uh, Alex? Alex. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming that money is the is the douchey guy because yeah. no good douchey in their own way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, uh, I, isn't doesn't money like pee in the first house? Like, yeah, money pees on the floor in the first house. Uh, Rocky is like, let's just uh, get the things and get out of here. And Alex is like, make sure you don't get cash because then it'll be uh, grand larceny if we get uh, more than ten thousand dollars in cash, and that's a like federal crime or something. Um, So Alex is being careful. Rocky is like all business because we find out later she's just doing it to get her younger sister out of a bad home situation. Um, And money seems to just like to do crimes. (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, so that makes... That makes Alex the Donatello because he knows the laws and stuff like that. Rocky is Leonardo, yeah. and we don't have Michelangelo because money is definitely Raphael. He's just all attitude, and and nobody likes him. Oh, blind guy is Michelangelo because he is a party dude. That's true. He does love to party. 
Um, the dog could be Michelangelo. Yeah, the unnamed dog who on Wikipedia is referred to as Blind Man's Dog, like all capital letters. That's terrible. You should get full credit. The Blind Man's name on the credits is The Blind Man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because we don't find out his actual name until uh, later in the film. Um, They just know... um, their case, so after that establishing moment, and we like learn everybody's home life and why they're doing this. Um, oh wow, I'm on the Wikipedia page. Uh, 88 minute runtime, 9.9 million dollar budget, so very cheap. Made 156 million dollars at the box office. Yeah, that is like a crazy turnaround. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, four movies for you. Yeah, I think the uh, largest profit-to-budget ratio is still Paranormal Activity, which cost, uh, I think, half a million or, like, a million to make and made, like, half a billion. A million million. A million. Yeah, uh, yeah, horror movies, cheap to make, make a lot of money because it's, like, it's like the perfect theater experience. Like, you go to a movie and everyone else is there to be scared and it's, like, on a big screen and you're in a dark room. I don't know. I, I, uh, I was never one for horror movies, but if it's a good one like this, then, uh, I get into it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we see them breaking into the house, then it shows the backstories, yeah? And then we, just cuts to them casing blind guy's house. Yes. Well, we est- we established that um, that Alex is like, okay, we're done, we're totally done. We don't have to do anymore. We got everything we need. And I, I believe is it money or Rocky finds out that there is this other this one last job, you know, before was retirement. It was it? Money? I know. I know money is the one who's talking them into it, but I don't know which of them proposes it first. I know Rocky. Um, cause I know money's like, yeah, this guy got a huge settlement from the government for, uh, or from like another person or something for the wrongful death of his daughter. Um, and he's like an old man and a veteran and like, it's all alone. Yeah, and the movie is summed up perfectly by Money uh, when they see the guy come out of his house and he's blind and Money says, just because he's blind don't mean, don't mean he's a saint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is the entire thesis of the film put into one line. Um, I'm going to say before we get too deep into spoilers, if you guys haven't seen this movie and you're listening to this episode, uh, throw your podcast device into the trash can and go rent this movie right away because uh, it's got a lot of fun surprises in it that I think you should see for yourself. Um, but if you're absolutely not going to do that, uh, I can't stop you. So pick it back up out of the trash and continue listening. Pour some water on it. Uh, yeah, uh, get the garbage off by dipping it in a, in a big tank of water. Your phone or iPod, uh, Zune. Uh, Zune jokes are tired. There must be another... Uh, who is it? Uh, who's the people... Mm. There's like a, a Rio or something is an MP3 player from 10 to 15 years ago. Mm, I think Real Player made one that was called the Rio. What's the anyway. thing the little tapes that was popular not here, but everywhere but not here? That you like oh. on the tapes? Um, it like your tiny CDs? I can't even remember. My friend had one. I was like, what on earth is that? Mini disc player? I think yeah. the Sony mini disc. Yeah. That might have been. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Thrown in the trash in the desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go watch this movie. Anyway, um, so then they go and break into this guy's house at night. Um, uh, Why did they break in when he was home? 
Because I don't. Well, he doesn't really leave his house, right? Yeah. yeah. Plus, it doesn't appear that anything like it, it. It seems like nobody is home because the like the lights don't come on. No, there's no movement. The only sign of life they see is the dog, which they uh, they sedate. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They they feed him uh, uh, meat with pills in it or something. One of them sausages. But they like even set up the camera to case the place, and then still chose a time when he's there. Well, it's because um, he doesn't really leave the house for long. Uh-huh. I guess, does he yeah. walk the dog even? No, no, it doesn't seem like he leaves the house for any reason. Uh, like, they, I mean, it doesn't seem like he even okay. leaves her groceries or anything like that. And they, they have a plan because when they get inside, they kind of set down this, uh, you know, uh, like a gas thing, right? In his room. Oh, yeah. They basically set off, uh, like, like sleeping gas in, in his bedroom while he, uh, is maybe sleeping. Uh, we get a cool shot. Uh, Fede Alvarez likes doing a lot of long shots, like obviously computer stitched together shots because of like going through the floor and like through the walls and stuff. Um, yeah, we get a couple of like long, unbroken, multi-minute shots, and one of them is when they first break into the house, and it gives us a really good look at the layout of the house, including the fact that uh, Blind Man has a gun taped underneath of his bed, giving us the first hint that maybe he's not what he seems. Um, wait, and then wait. He- you guys don't have guns taped under your beds? I mean, under under my main bed? No. Under my murder shack bed? Obviously. <laughs> okay. But this guy's main bed and his murder shack bed are the same bed. That's what's weird. Oh, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, you'd think he'd live in a different place than where he does all his murders so that he wouldn't get caught? Well, who knows? Yeah, you gotta separate your work life from your, your home life. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's got, he got too deep into his hobbies. <sighs> anyway, uh, it's, um, we get our first, um, blind guy jump scare here, cause, uh, money goes upstairs to throw the, like, gas in there, and there's a TV playing, like, old home movies of this dude's daughter, um, and money, like, creaks a floorboard or something, and it just, like, cuts to blind guy sitting straight up in bed, as if, like, he heard him. And he, like, reaches over and turns the TV off and goes back to sleep. Um, and it's we really get good. Yeah, it's great. We get so much of that cool stuff where it's, like, Stephen Lang is doing such a good job just, like, being physically in the space, but, like, and knowing where everything is because he's... Like, he can't see, so he would know his house by instinct and by feel. Um, and the, the performance this dude gives, he, it really seems like he knows this set inside and out. And, uh, oh, he's doing a great job. Cause whether or not he actually blocks his eyes, it doesn't ever seem like he's looking at stuff. <laughs> They actually, in the thing I was reading, it said that they did put, um, the contact lenses they put in did, uh, you know, mess with his vision a bit, you know, he did block some of it out, so. Yeah, that's usually a smart choice, because it's hard to break that instinct of, like, you just, if you're a sighted person, you're gonna look at stuff, because we've been looking at stuff all our lives. Um, I know, um... 
Jamie Foxx had full blockage when he was filming Ray, uh, and sometimes other people would forget, and because he can't actually uh, get around himself while blind, he would be, like, left uh, on set while everyone else went to lunch. And he's like, guys, where, uh, wh- where is everyone? Please help. Ah, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, money puts this guy to sleep, uh, and then they go and they see the basement is locked. So they're like, "All right, he must have the money down in that basement because why else would it have that big lock on it? Why else, indeed?" Um, and I feel like there's just like a little bit, like maybe five minutes of interplay about how to get in there before. Uh, blind man finally just shows up and is like, "Who's there?" The the gunshot set it up, set him off, or you know, you he heard because uh, money tried to shoot the lock off. Yeah, he tried to pick the lock with a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he succeeds, right? He does blow the lock off. I believe he does. Yes. He's actually very hard. Which I is um, immediately, of course, uh, you know, they, they think they've gassed this blind man. He's an old guy. He's not going to hear, hear. But if, I mean, haven't they ever read a comic book or watched a movie before? <laughs> blind yeah. people have super heightened senses. Yeah. yeah and this guy definitely uh, is like just maybe on par with Daredevil as far as his heightened senses go. Uh, because, of course, horror movies all exist in a heightened reality, uh, which is fine. Um, and I enjoy the tense first interaction because he hears the gunshot and money points the gun at him and is like, back off, dude. And so from this point, a blind guy only knows that money is there. And the other two are just standing like on the other side of the room, horrified and is so good. It's so tense. Alex had gone out because when he when money tried to shoot the lock off, he's like, "Ah, this is now a felony because he brought a gun. I'm leaving," and he leaves. So it's first, it's only oh, that's it. right, yeah, and she's yeah. just like horrified. Yeah. Um. Oh, and that's the other thing. In order to not make so much noise, they all took their shoes off when they came in. That becomes important later, which I didn't know it would be, uh, except that the camera lingered on those shoes. <laughs> You thought that they were just being not, not rude, so they wouldn't track dirt all over the house? <laughs> well, I figured they were doing it to keep quiet, but it was very strange. I was like, mm, the camera's lingering. I guess that'll be important later that they took their shoes off. Mm, who knows why? Um, <laughs> but it eventually becomes clear why, because a uh, blind guy takes uh, takes the gun for money, shoots him, kills him, uh, like blows his face right off um, and then goes and gets like a garbage bag to cover up the bloody parts and then drags him into another room um, meanwhile Rocky has sunk into the back of the closet um, which uh, is important it's an important location <laughs> um, and does Alex come back in when yeah. money gets shot? Yeah, he hears the gunshot, um, and uh, he's like, uh, ooh, and come back in. And at that point, uh, Rocky's texting Alex from the closet, and but Alex is already back in the house. Yeah. Um, and is it... Hmm, it's at some point now that blind guy feel like he drops something and is feeling under the kitchen table and feels the pairs of shoes... Well, first we, uh, I believe he takes 
Money's gun, and he goes into the same closet where uh, Rocky is hiding. So we think, oh crap, oh crap. But he's just taking the gun and putting it into his secret safe, which he isn't actually that secret. It's just in the closet, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's got a combination which she sees the combination while he's putting it in, and he doesn't know she uh, doesn't know Rocky's there. Puts the gun into the safe and then closes it again. But that's you can clearly see when he opens the safe that there is a ton of money in there. Yeah, and so when he leaves, she opens the safe, gets the money and gun, like, immediately, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because then she has that uh, that backpack the whole time, where every time it falls off of her or whatever through the rest of the movie, I'm like, no! The <laughs> MacGuffin! You need that! It's where uh, all our hopes and dreams are. Yeah. So, Alex comes back, um, and now they're teamed up. Um, and what happens next... It's so hard to remember the sequence of events because... It's like a video game where there's a thing that can't see and you have to avoid it and make sure your character doesn't touch it or, like, make any noise, like, or when it looks at you, like the ghost in Mario, when it looks at you, (laughs) that's a lot of it. Yeah, because uh, yeah. the man kind of wanders. He like is dragging the stuff into the basement, so he's out of the area. And Alex goes in to retrieve Rocky, and they're gonna make their getaway. And I, I believe Blindy comes back up. We're gonna call him Blindy. So they have to do some more uh, temporary hiding. But that, yeah, that's when he walks towards the front area and realizes, wait a minute, there's some uh, somebody. There's two pairs of shoes here. Yeah, yeah. He finds the shoes, which. Uh, Um, and then they do the fun evading, uh, I think it might be, so he, they they can't, they can't get out the same door they came in, basically. They have to find out. Yeah, Yeah. as soon as he realizes there's still other people in the house, he goes and locks all the doors and windows. Um, it's at this point, or maybe later in the movie, where we get one of the cool shots from the trailer, where uh, Blind Man is, like, walking, t- like, angled towards past the camera, and Alex has to, like, quickly back up against the wall, and comes, like, within inches of him, and it's incredibly tense. Yeah. Because um, this guy knows the house, so he walks through it, like, quickly and with confidence, um, and they don't know the house, but they can see stuff. So it's like a it's a fun imbalance that you don't get to see a lot in horror movies because uh, usually it's the victims know the space intimately and the bad guy for some reason can still move about it as if it is their home too. Um, anyway, that's of uh, like uh, like he was like a chud or something like from the <laughs> like they're just like freezing there while and they were just trying not to fall off a cliff, but it's a house and the Chud is a scary muscle grandpa. <laughs> yeah, scary muscle grandpa is a really good way to describe him. Yeah, uh, like he's they call this movie Scary Muscle Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, it probably would have made even more money. Um, yeah, Don't Breathe is a really good direct title that tells you so much about the movie. Um, oh, this is the point where they get to the basement and the movie takes its first major turn. <laughs> this is what you would call a, uh, a twist, I guess. Um, I don't know if that's a term they use in movie making. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, some sort of twist happens. Let's call it that. Hey, Yeah, I I would call it a hard left. Uh, I was not. I expected this guy to maybe secretly be uh, some kind of like bad dude. Um, But like for 
until this moment of the movie, I'm like, mm, these kids are kind of douchebags. I kind of want this dude to win. He seems uh, like a righteous dude. But no, he's not, because they go down into the basement, and there is a young woman uh, tied up and gagged with a uh, like vest around her, and she's like changed to the wall. <laughs> Yeah, and when she moves away from the wall, there's a bell upstairs that rings, so he knows she's moving. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think the camera lingers on that bell towards the beginning, and you just sort of think maybe it's for one of the doors, but no, it's it's this chain into the basement. Um, so they discover this girl, and then they free her, and they go for the cellar door, um, and as soon as they get it unlocked and open it, Blind Man is there and immediately fires in, uh, I mean, uh sh- shooting the woman through the neck. Yes. You have to know, you, like, when this is going, this, uh, a daring escape out of the cellar door there is happening you know that he's gonna be there like it's there's no other way that this could turn out he didn't come down the stairs because he's like a tank they would have hurt him or something but even when it does happen it's still like a such a shock that he's just like hello blam yeah yeah it's i uh, it totally took me by surprise even though i'm like "Mm, he's taking a while to get down into the basement um one weird thing about his basement is you open the door and then it's like a ladder to get down into the basement. It's a little weird. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's still like, mm, he shows up, uh, shoots this uh, woman through the neck. Um, the other two people just run back, uh, try to get back upstairs. Um, and he cries angrily, uh, enraged over, uh, the death of this, this captive mystery woman. Um, well, and then. He showed already, she, when she was begging to be let out, uh, by the two people, and Alex didn't want to help her because he's a giant jerk, uh, she held out the newspaper article oh, that it yeah. was that she had, uh, hit, uh, someone and, or the, the guy's daughter and been, um, uh, exonerated, I guess is the word, or? Yeah, he's the one, this is the woman who killed the daughter, uh, and got away with it. Um, and then at that point, I'm a little more like, okay, so I guess he's justified, cause like, this person killed his daughter, but why is he so upset that he accidentally killed her? Exactly, he's been like, torturing her, I guess he's, he must be upset because, you know, like, he didn't feel like he got his true revenge or something like that, but it is weird that he's so emotional after having shot this girl, you know, and that's, uh, hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that is... This movie does so many great little teases where it, like, twists your expectation and then later reveals the way in which it twisted your expectation. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point that he turns off the power and we get easily one of the tensest and um, loveliest sequences of the film. I was going to say most original, but no, Silence of the Lambs did it. Uh, The lights off basement scene. It's so good. The movie basically becomes uh, like black and white film for a little bit because they shoot it, I guess, with night vision. uh, And now everyone is blind. Hooray! Wait, no. (laughs) The blind Blind man seems like he's the only one who can't see because, like we like we said before, he he knows this house up and down. So if he hears somebody kind of scooting in one area, because Alex, Alex and Rocky are both just stumbling around, knocking things over and everything like that, he knows the position of everything. So he yeah. he's just 
targeting. Got the upper hand. Yeah, he uh he gets a he gets a couple of them in chokeholds a couple times. Uh, but of course, this is only like half an hour into an eighty-eight minute movie, so they escape back upstairs. <laughs> um. Oh, I, I'll stop here and say, um, we keep referring to him as the blind man. It's because that is what he's credited in the movie as. It's eventually revealed that his name is Norman Nordstrom. Um, but, yeah, like, as I'm reading the Wikipedia summary, he's just called the blind man the whole time. So I understand that uh, identifying this villain exclusively by his disability may uh, come off as ooky as some, uh, but there's not much of a better solution because he is just sort of, it's sort of like Michael Myers uh, being credited as the shape in the first Halloween movie. Um, it's, it's, he just is a blind guy. <laughs> like, that's his only defining characteristic for most of the film. Um, it does what was it? I just didn't, I, yeah, I don't know. It's so, cr- like, I didn't like it that, like, that's his actual credit, like, on IMDb. It's the blind man. Like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say that I'm willing to give Fede Alvarez the benefit of the doubt here a little bit, um, but at the same time, it is difficult, because uh, a lot of times horror trades in these sort of tropes where someone is, like, disabled in some way, or they have, like, a mental illness, and that becomes a reason why, for some reason, they need to do murder and sex crimes to people. Uh, yeah, this- even the whole thing where he's like, oh, he can, you know, hear really well, and he's, like, sniffing the air at some points, and I'm like, I don't feel great about this. This is, like, that thing where, like, oh, blind people, you know, their other senses get stronger, and it's like, well, it doesn't really work exactly like that, and it's kind of... Yeah. I will say in the movie's defense, his blindness is not the reason for his villainy, it is just (laughs) another thing. Um... He just is, uh, it, it's basically like a gimmick to add tension to the movie, which also isn't great, but at least he's not like, I capture and murder women because I'm angry at how blind I am. That would be real messed up. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think that leaving out him having a, a name, except for mentioned, uh, like in the newspaper article, right? Um, that that sometimes horror movies especially just get bogged down in like these details of like who the killer is and their real motivation and their parents didn't love them and it, like that works usually best with a franchise and even then it's like I don't think I needed to know why Freddy Krueger failed the third grade uh, <laughs> yeah, not to say that this said I mean well that's the thing about this movie it didn't have ambitions like this I, I feel like this is the kind of movie that was intended to be just a a one shot one and done even though well we'll get to you know what what happens later yeah uh so then uh the, the enough time has passed that the dog has woken up um they block the basement stairs and the dog is there and Alex and Rocky can't get out of the front door in time before the dog attacks them so they go upstairs uh into is it the daughter's bedroom or the guy's bedroom? I think it was the daughter's. Yeah, yeah I want to say it was yeah. the daughter's. Oh, yeah, because if it was the guy's bedroom, they probably would have found his gun. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like a white bureau and stuff, and that's like the furniture. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, why didn't they go into his bedroom? Because everybody has a gun under their bed. Why wouldn't they assume it was under his? Oh, yeah, wait, separate. <laughs> Crazy murder house, regular bed. Okay, that's why they didn't assume it was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just go into the first door they find. Whoops, it's the wrong bedroom. Uh, conveniently, there is a vent uh, large enough for a human to fit in, uh, but only a small human, um, like actor Jane Levy. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Alex helps uh, Rocky climb up into the vent. Um, at some point, the dog also gets into the vent, and that is yep. uh, complicated. Um, That's some alien s- stuff going on right there. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I don't want a dog to be a bad guy in a horror movie. <laughs> because I like dogs, and it's the not, dog doesn't know that his owner is a creepo. Exactly, yeah. Or dogs. Uh, yeah, so, um, Alex falls, oh, the dog breaks into the bedroom and attacks Alex, who falls out of the window and lands on a skylight, and is knocked out, and the skylight is starting to crack, so there's that tension, because the skylight is right above the, uh, front door area, the, the foyer, or, uh, what have you, um, and then the dog climbs up into the vent to chase, uh, Rocky, and what is, it's incredibly goofy, but it's also, like, super scary? Yeah, because if you, I mean, if you imagine yourself in that situation, first of all, it's claustrophobic as hell that you have to crawl through this thing that you're not even sure if it's going to get you out of the house, yeah. and then second of all, it, it's a dog that has full intentions to kill you and is much faster fitting through this thing. And you're probably going to get yeah. around which is very awful. Yeah. Yeah, she's about to escape uh, through an outside grate. She kicks it open, and she's going to jump out. And then, whoops, uh, blind man grabs her through a hole in the vent. Uh, and uh, uh, does he drug her, or does he whack her over the head? He beats her up a lot and chokes her out. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, this is after he has already shot the skylight out and taken Alex, and appears to have stabbed him to death with uh, with gardening shears. Yeah, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Alex wakes up all trussed up like the, uh, the girl was before, and it turns out in, uh, the ookiest sequence in, uh, like, psycho- the psychologically ookiest sequence I've seen in a movie in a long time. It was, like, yeah, viscerally upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it turns out that the reason he was keeping this other woman, Cindy, was because he had, um, uh, impregnated her with a turkey baster, uh, to <laughs> make another daughter to replace the daughter that was killed. Uh, which is why he was upset that she died. So he's then about to do this to Rocky, um, and he cuts her tights open with scissors, um, and he claims he is not a rapist, uh, which is a big claim from someone who is about to jam a turkey baster full of jizz into a person. It's incredibly upsetting. I'd like to make a a t-shirt with uh, horror movie weapons, so, you know, we'll have the Chainsaw Texas Massacre, uh, we'll have the machete for Jason, we'll have the glove claw for Freddy, and then for this movie, the turkey baster full of jizz. Turkey baster full of jizz. 
Um, yeah, and then it's revealed that uh, Blind Man actually stabbed Money's corpse with the shears, and Alex uh, bonks uh, Blind Man over the head, um, handcuffs him to the wall, and saves Rocky. Um, and then they jam the turkey baster down his throat. Um, Correct! And it's really gross and gruesome. Um, and but he goes and escapes. Yes, it also is totally justified, because he's a major creepo. Um, I think she says, like, how's that taste, bitch? Or some, like, cool horror movie <laughs> line like that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, like, gruesome, gross, awesome, loved it. I can imagine in the theaters everyone going, oh, yay! At <laughs> that part. Um, it's like a full theater and everyone's, like, cheering and, like, at the part where <laughs> that guy gets it. That's my favorite. Yeah. Cheering uh, while throwing up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, at this point, they want to call the police, but their blood's all over the house, so they would get in trouble if they called the police and ran, because they'd find them. Um, they try to leave through the front door, but blind guy has broken free, of course, uh, shoots Alex, kills him. Uh, poor guy. Uh, but Rocky makes it out, pursued by dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, she exits stage right, pers- uh, pursued by bear. Um... And, uh, she, before she leaves, she hits all the buttons on the, uh, alarm system to disorient the blind guy, cause, uh, his hearing sensitive, cause of his daredevil powers. <laughs> um, this is a cool alarm. I mean, I, um, I would be disoriented and I could see okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not blind, but, you know, mostly not blind. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be, uh, upsetting for sighted people as well. Um, <laughs> But she traps the dog in the car trunk in another very tense sequence um, that is, like, very fun. She's, like, running, gets into her car, the dog's there. Uh, She manages to, like, open, like, rig the trunk open so that it would, like, close after the dog gets in. But then the dog starts, like, pushing the thin uh, trunk blocking thing and, like, the seats open. And uh, it's a complicated sequence where she ends up attaching the dog to the inside of the trunk so that it can't bite her face off. It's really crazy, and I'm so happy that the dog did not get murdered right then. Yeah, I was pleased with that, too, that she managed to find a way to stop the dog without, uh, like, shooting it in the mouth or anything. Uh, oh, speaking of, I saw John Wick 2 today, uh, and the dog survives that, too. Yay! Yeah, uh, John Wick is probably the only movie in which a dog dies where I still love the movie, because the owner of the dog then goes and kills everyone who was even tangentially involved in the dog's death. As we <laughs> all would. Yes. One. I know it's, it's not, I just uh, it's, take any animal dying ever, even though, like, you know, I'll, I'll watch a movie where a person dies, but <laughs> don't touch that cat! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's a, it's like ten minutes of sadness, like, oh, his wife died, and the dog she got him got killed by Theon Greyjoy, uh, but then the rest of the movie is you being like, hell yeah, stuff that gun up that guy's butt, or whatever. <laughs> I don't think that actually happens in the movie, but he does a lot of kung fu to people until they're dead, and it's extremely good, because all of them are either dog murderers or friends with a dog murderer. Yay! Well, there's always part three for uh, gun 
gun and butt stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And who knows what'll happen. Yeah, we'll finally close the chapter, and what body part will John Wick not have shot by the end? Hopefully all (laughs) body parts will have been shot. Um, I think he, I think he shoots some guy's dick off in the second one. He oh, might no. have knifed his. He might have just like knifed his groin. I can't remember. Anyway, John Wick is cool. Go see that movie too. Um, Don't breathe is also pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like Don't Breathe also. Oh man, it's we're oh boy, we're forty three minutes in. We've gone half the length of the movie, but we're almost done. Um, <laughs> traps the dog. Oh. And turns out, blind guy, not dead, even though she, um... Oh, I got the order all wrong. She leaves, traps the dog, and then when she's recaptured and we're shown uh, the events from the very first shot of the film, then she hits the alarm system. Then bonks him out with a crowbar. Uh, He accidentally shoots himself uh, when he falls into the basement. And then Rocky escapes. Yeah, there was a moment in the movie where we established earlier that they had done something with the device so that they could locate, they could activate the alarm in order to locate where the uh, pin pad was. Yeah, they had a, a like clicker that would um, that would uh, deactivate the alarm or whatever when yeah. uh, when they got close enough to it. Yeah, and so she uses that to turn it off. Yeah, and then and then she hits him with the crowbar not enough times. When that happened, I was like, show me the pink stuff here. You don't stop just because he's not moving. Yep, yeah, he's been shown to escape death and capture many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rocky escapes with her backpack full of money. Um, her and her little sister are about to get on a train to L.A., and she sees the news saying that this heroic blind veteran killed two intruders and is in stable condition at the hospital. Yep. No report on, uh, no report on Cindy or the stolen money. Yeah. Um, They specifically say nothing was stolen from the house. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Which clearly is something that he would have told them because he wants to get his secret vengeance. Yeah. For don't breathe too, don't er breathe. <laughs> don't breathe too, another turkey baster. Oh, gross. <laughs> uh, yeah, I liked the I, I liked the way this movie played uh, with my expectations. Where I was like, oh, don't blind that, don't rob that blind guy, don't rob him blind. Uh, and then I'm like, mm, oh, maybe rob him blind. He captured that girl. Uh, no, I guess he's justified in, in capturing her. She did kill his daughter. It's still not great, but he's justified in it. Did the daughter, like, run into traffic? Like, we don't even know what happened. Yeah, maybe she deserves to get uh, vehicular homicided. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then the twist yet again, that, like, oh, no, he's, like, a creepy sex crime doer. He's bad. Um, And an atheist, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) How did did this uh, movie strike you? Let's go Joel first. Well, it, the I had, didn't see the newer Evil Dead, even though I was uh, chastising you guys about uh, preferring <laughs> to the older ones. You know, I, I just like to I like to climb a mountain, and stand at the top, whether I know what the hell I'm talking about or not. Um, but this is like everything's so sh- well shot, and uh, it's it's so tense, like fr- from the beginning on. 
And, like, uh, it's pretty hard to pull a twist in a horror movie that, you know, if you can't figure out beforehand. Uh, yeah, and- it's, like, uh, the movies that have done it for me recently were this one and Split. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Although one that. of the, like, self-contained twist of Split, I'm like, yeah, I saw that. But then there's, like, one final scene, and I'm like, what? excuse me? Uh, anyway, I don't want to spoil Split yet. I might do an episode about it still. It turns out they're all in the future, right? It's like opposite. Oh, wait, wait, that is what happens in the other movie. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> what, a Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Yes. Let's say Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I didn't know what movie you were talking about, but I don't want any movies spoiled for me ever, even movies from a long time ago. Very good. Uh, <laughs> like, this... Man, uh, my, my only issue with this is that I... I really didn't like any of the three protagonists. Even, even I felt bad for Rocky, uh, and I felt really bad for Alex. But like, you know, obviously, money, no sympathy for this guy. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a total douchebag. Yeah, and uh, Alex is—he's uh, so stupid. He like, even though he's supposed to be like, no, we we don't do this. You know, it's against all. I'm leaving right now. He still goes back and. And, uh, yeah, but Rocky, you know, yeah, she's in that situation where, um, the, the funny thing is I read that that was her little sister. For some reason, I thought it was her daughter, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I figured it was, it was because they lived with the mom and she was really bad and... I don't know, that girl was like 12, Jane Levy's uh, in her mid-twenties. Yeah, she could have had it when she was 13, come on. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. We this The world of this film is definitely one in which, like, poverty is extreme. It takes place in, like, an eight-mile type of universe, <laughs> which is reasonable, because I believe it does take place in Detroit. Um, yes. and de- it's probably fairly accurate. I don't know much about Detroit, but every time I hear something true about Detroit, I'm like, oh man, it is way crummier there than I thought it was. We need to really work on this. They show the address of the uh, um, the house. I mean, when you and I actually looked up the address just to see what was Ooh. there, and there there is a some houses there, not with that number, but uh, they all look pretty much like those houses. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, it's a real shame. Um, Anyway, uh, were you... Uh, I can't... I, we keep getting sidetracked. Were you done with your thoughts on the film? i just say that Stephen Lang is pretty amazing in this movie. Like, yeah. uh, the, besides being well shot, besides having all the right sounds and music cues and everything like that, Stephen Lang sells this so hard. <laughs> yeah. As, like... Because he, he plays kind of helpless at first, you know, when he's like, is there someone in the house? You know, we don't really know what's going on. And he is, yeah, super buff grandpa that we don't know is a murderer at first. But eventually when he just gets down to beating people up and, and killing people and being terrible, it's it's like there's not a crack in his demeanor. You know, he is this, he is this character and it's yeah. he like kudos to him. Great, yeah, Catherine. How did how did how did you find the film? Um, pretty much the same. I would just say that I had no sympathy for Alex because he didn't want to rescue the lady that was chained up in the basement. 
He wanted yeah. him. Yeah, he's some kind of he's he's a real brony friend zoni, and I I was not a, a happy about him. But I did. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I wish I had seen it in the theater with a million people around me reacting because that's I just love that stuff. That's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this movie I was looking forward to seeing because, of course, I really, really, really liked Evil Dead. Um, I'm looking at Fede Alvarez's um, Wikipedia page now, and in two, his Evil Dead was his, was his first feature film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he got that job basically based on a five-minute YouTube short film he made where robots attack Montevideo, uh, Uruguay. I probably pronounced both of those place names incorrectly, because um, that's where he's from. Um, and Sam Raimi, I guess, has a real eye for talent, because hot damn, this dude directed um, one of the best uh, practical... It's <clears throat> There are a few movies where I watch it, especially nowadays. There's nothing nowadays where I watch it, and I'm like, I don't know how they did that effect. Uh, Evil Dead is one of them. Like, I watch it, and I know that they used minimal computer effects, but even with computers, there's a bunch of effects where I'm like, mm, I have no idea how they did any of that stuff. Uh, it's got, like, crazy, like, people cutting their faces off, and, like, someone cuts their arm off with, like, an, an electric, like, knife, and it's all, like, really gruesome and bloody. Uh, of course, it has all of the cool uh, Sam Raimi-style zooming shots, but he adds his own flair to it, which is really nice and good and fun. Um, and he co-wrote and directed this movie. Um, it was then script-doctored... Uh, Evil Dead was script-doctored by Diablo Cody because uh, Fede Alvarez English was not his first language, so they wanted to make sure it seemed American. Mm -hmm. Um... Which is smart. Uh, and then uh, I was wait, reading wait, wait, on... Wait. I'm not sure if I want Diablo Cody being the representation <laughs> of English. Um, yeah, that's a fair criticism <laughs> of her writing. Uh, I feel like if she's restrained by a heavy-handed producer like Sam Raimi, and uh, her job is only to uh, tweak things, maybe she's, she'll do a better job. Yeah, I think she was yeah. I'm sure she was fine. Yeah, she's about to pop home skillet or whatever those bad lines <laughs> in that movie I like are. Oh man, I am, I will be a Juno defender till the day I die, but mm, yeah, some of those lines out of context, uh, not ideal, and the movie has not aged well either. I did not see that. Did I, still uh, I think we're in the 10th anniversary year. I think it's time to see Juno. Are you serious? It's been 10 years? Yeah, I think that movie came out in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Hope you like the multi peaches. <laughs> Um, so he said when making this movie, it was a reaction to criticism levied against Evil Dead. Uh, the movie, they said it had too much blood, was too much, uh, shock horror, and it was a remake, uh, in a major franchise. So with Don't Breathe, he went with an original story that had less blood and was more suspenseful than shocking. Um, and he also avoided the supernatural. Um, and he also decided to make this movie instead of doing an unnamed 
acclaimed Marvel movie. Oh. Um, yeah. So he turned down basically like a free check and the rest of your career coasting, uh, <laughs> to make this movie. Um, and it, I, I appreciate that. I think he's yeah, good. a good, passionate director and good I really enjoyed watching this movie. It's very stylish and I see his talent come through. They say, uh, I heard an interview with him on the Shockwaves podcast, episode 12. And uh, he, his story of how he got his uh, for he, the Evil Dead job is actually pretty crazy because he basically him and his his writing partner basically lied and said, "Oh yeah, we're super famous in the country we come from." <laughs> That's excellent. Who's gonna know? <laughs> so I suggest listening listening to that. <laughs> I uh, I really like stories like that where someone like cons their way in because they do have the talent and they deserve it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. This guy's great. I'm interested to see what he does next. Apparently, he's on the hook to make the uh, next film in the American Girl with the Dragon Tattoo franchise that has been on ice for six years. Oh, I could see that working. Yeah, I think he'd be a good pick for that. Um, not only because those movies are dark and stylish, um, but also because they kind of deal with heavy subject matter that he already has uh, familiarity with, like sexual assault and drug addiction, which are both major themes um, in, respectively, Don't Breathe and Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, it's... <sighs> yeah, we're just about at the end of the show here. Let's do our spookiest parts. Um, Catherine, what's your spookiest part? Okay, um, I was keeping track of a list while I was watching to try and figure out which was the scariest part. Um, in the running was Alex texting in all caps, uh, getting a dollar sign tattooed on your neck, uh, <laughs> thinking about having to deal with the plumbing and electric in that house. And But what won out was... Um, this is it was a, like a really small little tiny thing, but it just like I don't know. It was it's just set me off for the whole the whole tone of the whole movie when they're um, showing the house near the beginning, like the inside of the house. You see that the picture of the daughter is upside down and like with uh-huh. eyebrows in front of, it, and that just kind of like Ugh, and then it just like started the whole movie for me. So I don't know. That just caught me. It's a little yeah. thing. That's a real. That was a real gut shot. I was like, "Oh, poor guy." Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the context of the rest of the movie, it's also incredibly unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel, what about you? What's your spookiest part? Okay, so I mean, I, th- I think that the presentation of the weapon is is definitely the the most horrifying. Not necessarily spooky, but the the thing that I want to say for me was the most like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" was the whole uh, Rocky versus the dog in the car part. Not because I was worried that Rocky was going to get hurt. <laughs> like I said, I was just so sure that this poor pup was just going to be murdered. <laughs> yeah, I was... That That was very tense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, please don't kill the dog. Please don't kill the dog. Please don't get... Oh my god, they didn't. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Fede Alvarez for... Um, 
uh, whatever criticisms you can levy against him, he knows that he would have lost the audience if he killed that dog. Yep. It didn't in Evil Dead, didn't the dog bite it? It seems pretty likely. I haven't seen that movie in many years, and I watched it through uh, through fingers over my eyes because it's so ooky. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably it's- on the list of criticisms he got. <laughs> that movie literally ends. <laughs> that movie literally ends with uh, blood raining from the sky. Everything is drenched in blood, and then a girl chainsaws herself in half, like her evil self. It's crazy. Like that movie's so ooky and gross. I don't even like like gory movies, but it's just so over the top. It just kind of, it just becomes funny. Yeah, it's closer to Reanimator or The Thing than it is to um, any sort of realistic grossness. But still, a little more realistic than either of those, which is why it's hard to look at. Um, I just recorded another uh, an episode of my other podcast, and the subreddit we got um, was r slash medical gore. <laughs> And oh, no. oh God! No. We each we each only looked at one photo. We mostly just read headlines that were things like uh, "degloved face." Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, it, uh, that is, if you ever want to just, uh, if you're trying to name your death metal band, just go to reddit.com slash r slash medical gore and pick any of the names of the posts. They are all, if they're like three or four, two, two to four words, they are perfect heavy metal band names and they're all gross. Plus to view this community. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, uh, my spookiest part is, um, because I am a sucker for a jump scare, um, when, uh, the door gets opened from the basement that first time, and he's there, and he immediately shoots, um, that got me, that got me right away, I was like, oh, oh, and, um, Alex and Rocky react so perfectly, they're, like, surprised, and falling over, and scared, and running away, and it's, like, in slow motion, and still their emotion comes through, which I think is a rare thing. Uh, slow-mo usually makes people look real silly, but they, they worked it. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode. Let's get into plugs. Um, Joel, where can the people reach you if they would like to? Um, or, uh, what other projects do you have that you're interested in promoting? So, if you want uh, to hear more of my uh, monotone robotic voice, I have a podcast that I do with a couple of friends called Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space. It's a weekly science fiction and fantasy movie podcast. Every week we go through a different movie. Sometimes we go, you know, uh, like we did on this one where we go through the plot bit by bit. Sometimes it's so well known, we'll just uh, just chat about all the things that we find interesting. We're not movie experts, we're just friends, and we have a friendly time talking about that stuff. But new episodes every Monday. Sweet. Uh, how about you? Uh, Catherine, a.k.a. Zylo Art. Um, I have nothing going on right now because Florida sucks all the life out of you. But <laughs> if you really want to be prepared just in case I come back to life, I am Zylo Art everywhere on the internet. You could find anything. I don't know. Uh, Tumblr, X- Twitter, everything. That's uh, with an X. X-Y-L-O-A-R-T. Yeah. 
I picked it in college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm lucky that I have not picked any goofy things. You can find me, of course, on Instagram and Snapchat, JeffJK. Twitter is J3FK because I was obsessed with getting it as short as possible. And the following were not available. JeffK, Jeff, JeffJK. None of these, none of the ways I could shorten it were available, so I turned the E to a 3 and deleted one of the Fs, and finally something was available. And now it's on my business cards and linked to from all my podcasts, so I'm stuck with it forever. I want to plug one of your other podcasts that I love. Can I just plug Seeing Reddit? Because I love it. Yeah, I want everyone to listen listen to Seeing Reddit. We only get uh, between like 60 and 90 a week. Um, Yeah, it's crazy because that show is great. Maybe I just think it's great because I'm not really the host and I don't have to edit it most of the time. But mm, yeah, I really enjoy doing that show. It's super great. Don't tell the other podcast, but it's kind of my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's also my favorite to make. Like, I enjoy this show because I get to talk intellectually about usually, like, the dumbest possible art on the planet. Um, And that is genuinely satisfying to me. Like, not jokingly, like, I really like to dive deep into what artistic themes you can pull out of something like Jeff the Killer or Squidward's Suicide. (laughs) Um, because, like, even the dumbest, worst art has, like, something behind it, and even if that something is just you can tell why the 14-year-old who wrote it, uh, like, how they were feeling that day, that's still something. Um, but... Seeing Reddit is just such a blast because I get to talk with two uh, very close friends about nonsense, and it's great. Um... You can find episodes of that show on iTunes or uh, wherever you get your podcasts. I don't think we're in Google Play because I messed something up, but uh, maybe we're in Google Play. Go check it again. Um, <laughs> regardless, you can get you can get all of them at funtimes.online. I had someone message me saying it was um, uh, there were some issues with some of the episodes in iTunes. Um, I don't know if that's true for everyone or if their uh, app was just messing up, but um, uh, they're all up on the website still. They should all still be listed in iTunes. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's all we have to say for this episode. Um, just remember, just because he's a blind guy don't mean he's an angel. Was that it? Don't mean he's a saint? Whatever. Oh. Bye. Thank you.